What's up, everyone? Welcome to BJJ and Bruce. I'm your co-host, Noah John. And today I'm happy to report that we have Paul Rodriguez returning for another episode. So at least for the people at our gym, uh, hearing Paul talk and sharing his insight is always exciting, as a lot of us view him as a man with few words or a man of very few words. But uh, he sat down with us again, and we chit-chat about a bunch of different subjects. So it'll get into a lot more jujitsu this time, and it's really, really cool. So I want to keep it short. Subscribe, like, share, leave reviews, all that good stuff. You can reach us on social media at BJJ and Brews. You can also email us at BJJ and Brews, which would be Gmail. So BJJ and Brews at gmail.com. And now on to the show with Paul Rodriguez, part de. So Chris, you know who was hitting me up uh, just today was our boy Chihuahua up in New York. And he, New York or Spain? No, New York. New York? He got kicked out of Spain. Like by the government? <laughs> by the king? No, he just he <laughs> he might he might he might disagree with my with my description of this, but basically he went over there to do something, I believe, with music and um, event management or something, and it just looked like he was partying all the time. And next thing I know, he was doing a Euro trip and and in Amsterdam having a bunch of fun, and then he came back. That good, was good yeah, yeah. So that was that. But anyway, he, had his fun. That's the, that's uh, he was asking about doing a like zoom a conference or a teleconference he's like i want to be on the show can we do a uh, an episode from here so he wants to be on before that i can he, skype with him but well, we can do that right we could figure that out i we'll, we'll look into it he told me I, I said i'll look into it and then him because he's an entitled rich kid from columbia i did say that he said, you are a tech guy. You can figure it out. <laughs> so he like, gave me the order. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, all right. All right, Chihuahua. We love you, dude. Um, he also made fun of Jamie because he, he listened to the episode uh, that Jamie did. And he's like, oh. I'm just going to scrub until I hear my name. And then he heard his name. And then he, he I don't think I want to repeat this because it's just going to make Jamie really angry. <laughs> but I'll say this. He said, his kryptonite is leg locks. He forgot to mention arm bars from Chihuahua. Didn't he snap his arm? <laughs> Twice. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, the funny part, because Paul was saying this, the um, so <laughs> Chihuahua has, has Jamie in an arm bar, and there's 10 seconds left, and Chihuahua's belly down, and, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm watching, I'm watching this, and I think Paul's watching this too, and Jamie's face is like, he's like, I'm not going to tap for 10 seconds, but I just see him grimacing and grimacing and grimacing, and he, and, you know, he, he gets hurt, man, he's holding his arm. So then a few weeks go by, and Chihuahua's getting ready to leave. So, Paul, but what did you say to Jamie? You're like, you get, you, you, just go with Chihuahua, get it back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Chihuahua's leaving pretty soon. I'm like, Jamie, go get your revenge. Go with Chihuahua again. <laughs> but, I'm and? But, but I'm training, so the brown ends. I look over, and Jamie's holding his elbow again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. Like, I feel like it was my fault, but whatever. I mean, like, I mean, Jamie was a brown belt. You should just tap, <laughs> Chihuahua is a blue belt. You <laughs> like, you can defend like, yourself, bro. <laughs> Go with Chihuahua. Get your revenge back on him. And I look over and he's holding his elbow. <laughs> Come on. We, we still love you both. But we do and, like stirring the pot, too, a little bit. Indeed, indeed. So I wonder where, is he, is he at Marcelo Garcia's? Yes, he is. He's at Marcelo's. Well, right now. Right, right now. now. But yeah, he's been training at Marcelo's and he, uh, I have recordings of him talking about 
randomly hitting me up and going with Gianni Grippo and how like, oh, Grippo, dude, if he gets a hold of you, it's over, bro. <laughs> but he's, I'm, I'm his favorite training, training partner. He's like, he respects me as a training partner, unlike you, bro. <laughs> he respects me as a trainer. What does that mean exactly? He said, because I give him so much shit. So he, 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 he acts like he's all offended. He's not, but he, he acts like that. So he, he, give, he talks shit. Chihuahua talks shit. So that, that's, but he's at Marcelo's. He was contemplating going to a train with the Meow Brothers because they're doing some modern Barambolo stuff that he wants to, to do. Um, Unit? No, no. Unity or Alliance? I think it's a... It's a Unity. It's Unity. Yeah, yeah, Unity. So... So, yeah, he's, uh, he's a character. So, shout out to Chihuahua. You don't have to scrub. Just listen to the very first part of this episode, and you got your shout out, Chihuahua. So, Chris, how are you? How is your week? I'm good. Uh, so, we're on... We're still... What week of actual quarantine are we on at this point? Is it... F- it's more than four, right? Oh, yeah. What is this? April... April... It's April 18th. Um, nineteenth was that eighteenth? I mean, yeah, so yeah, I have to go to work still, so like I, I'm like on top of dates still. I'm doing well. Um, making sure to maintain my strength per Paul. You know, like find different ways to maintain my mental health. I did buy a heavy bag, and Paul, I don't care what you say, man. It did feel really good to hit that heavy bag. Oh, it felt uh, really no, good. Absolutely doing the boss rooting workout. You know, <laughs> having him call out defense. I'm sprawling in my my garage on the concrete. Getting slipping all over the oils from the the oil drippage from my wife's car. That's so fun. It felt good. Um, are, you, are you doing Are you doing traditional Dutch Muay Thai? Or are you doing Bang Bang Ludwig style or whatever that's called? Well, Bang he's a disciple of of Boss. So oh, I got you. I got you. So like, so I have to modify a little bit because like I'm hanging my heavy bag in my power rack, so I can't do like round kicks. So I'm, I just have to substitute knees for everything. Um, but man, that's 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 my lineage, right? Like we we're playing the lineage game, so my lineage is Dutch Dutch style kickboxing. So that's that's what I'm doing. But it's it's the boss written workout. Like everybody's seen it. Everybody's everybody's stolen the audio of it and like playing it on their phones. It's basically he just calls out combinations and you do it and he says defense and you sprawl. It's. <laughs> And I don't know if everyone's doing that shit. Baby. What? <laughs> oh man, the the boss work, its such a good workout, man. It's like, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, people aren't curling with laundry detergent bottles either. You know, maybe I should consider doing Jamie's uh, Jamie's circuits. No, don't do that. Why not? I mean, you know, like he—he's quarantining in in fitness. You know, like get the rocky soundtrack going yeah oh that's right yeah see i i'm not like i'm i'm, I'm almost 40 now so i'm uh, in flies with bands <laughs> like rubber bands yeah, and, yeah. Rubber bands and shit. i think they're literally rubber bands too he was using i think <laughs> like, like they came off like a stock of broccoli <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but um yeah that's that's what i've been doing so my you know i i i i, I kind of took what paul said to heart about doing goofy little arm bars on on pillows i mean i do have a legitimate heavy bag <laughs> And you know what? It it is no, very dissatisfying. To, I don't know. I just like so. Yeah. No. I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm done with that. <laughs> like, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just so today we recorded a few more uh, technique breakdowns, and you're going to be working on that. What's your vision for that? Like over the next few weeks, what are you going to try and do with that footage? For the most part, I mean, I'm just I'm working on editing it right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get it out. It's just a review of everything we've done since January. Really, that's my main goal is to make sure everyone doesn't forget. Because, like I said earlier, um, 
in a video last week. I still want to have promotions this summer. I still want everyone to make sure they know what that what we've covered so far. And and I still have a lot more to do. I mean, we, man, I mean, we didn't shut down till mid March almost. You know, so we did have ten weeks of of drilling and techniques and stuff that we that that we did this week. And then, unfortunately, when you stop training, it feels like forever. So I mean, you guys know, like, damn, what do we do in January? What do we do? What deep half guard? defenses that we do and passes and stuff like that so it's um and with the fundamentals guys you know what do we do and and from mountain we you know we started in mount in january we went to guard in february and we were starting side control in march and it's kind of where we left off so we're trying to just you know uh put that on film so guys can review and stuff like that that you know and 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 go from there so that that's kind of the main thing right now you know so how do you track what what we've done because i i know over the past year so in 2019 every few months you'd come out and you kind of informally quiz people. And I, I don't mean quiz people. It would be like, anyone remember what we did, you know, before this section? And anybody remember before that? And you go back two or three times and we'd be kind of like, well, I don't remember what we did. But you kind of, sometimes you bring out a whiteboard and kind of go over it. So do you have like a, I know you do a curriculum, but are you yeah. tracking what you've also so, done um, versus it, curriculum? It, it sucks because this year it's been a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I try to be more strict with my curriculum. I've been very flexible with it the last few years, meaning with like, okay, when I feel like the group has a good function on it, we'll move on. Because I, I wanted to make it a little looser in a sense, okay, so if we're working on half guard, you know, half guard sweeps, I want to make sure that a good percentage, like the people who are there consistently two or three times a week, make sure they have it, you know, not just the guys that have come six times a week, seven times a week. Um, so I try to be a little more flexible with it. But this year I was going to be a little more rigid and be like, all right, well, if you're not, if you're only coming once a week or if you miss two weeks, you have to make that up and we're going to have it on the board and, and stuff like that. So um, that was kind of my goal for this year. But it doesn't, like I said, we, we, we started that and then the coronavirus hit. Yeah, so Thanks, Corona. Yeah, so it, it's changed it up a little bit. But um, yeah, so so I, I do have to get back to being a little more rigid with stuff, you know. Um because I just feel like we stay on things too long sometimes, and and um, which that's for the guys that train a lot and stuff like that. So I I do there's a certain amount of material I want to cover in a 12 month period because I re, I do reevaluate my curriculum every year. So um, so I look at it every 12 months and stuff like that, and I was like, man, I want to cover this much stuff. There's no reason why you can't retain this much information and stuff like that. And then obviously, if you're a brown belt, I expect you to retain more of it than if you're a blue belt. Because unfortunately, that's still the way it is in our class. It's blue belts and up. Um, I dream of the day where I can have a blue belt class only and, and a purple and brown belt event. You know what I'm saying? So because there's a big difference between a blue belt and, and a brown belt. But that's just the, the nature of the game right now. So we have a white belt class and we have a blue belt and up class. But I do one day want to have a class where it's how do you determine you just said it like you said as the group sort of like is familiar with something i mean like i know you're you know you're, you're sitting in the corner you're kind of watching everybody as they're drilling and as mm -hmm. they're rolling are you watching for people to execute it rolling live are you watching for people to no, do I'm, it technically proficiently yeah, without being prompted yeah because a lot of times like especially in half, like, especially like say deep half guard i mean we're if we're in deep half guard we're we're in that position and and, and you after about three weeks in it, you should have a good understanding of how that guy's trying to sweep you. Now, the, the the escape and defense might be a little different, but how fast you're picking that that concept up, you know, in terms of leverage. So that that's more or less in, in how quickly, if I demonstrate a new technique, how fast they pick it up. And generally, it should be quick after three or four weeks in that position, you know. You know, so but but sometimes it's not, and and then. Like I said, if you have a group of you know twenty guys out there, fifteen guys out there, is 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 you know. 
12 of them picking it up pretty good and and three of them not and you know that's a pretty good ratio but if it's if six are struggling and six got it down good which not, that's not even the case sometimes because it's like usually i have guys that come every single day twice a day they're picking it up right away and they're drilling it and they've seen it already and stuff like that so it, it's i mean there's so many variables there but at the same time like i said i have to at least at least it's kind of the direction i'm going and just like you have to uh want to learn it you have to want to learn it like i have to somehow instill that back in in students i think is is like it's not enough just to just to come and train you know you have to want to learn too you know so so as a um as an instructor what do you you said you didn't determine how you design your curriculum and you reevaluate it every year how much of it is you revisit things you did last year how much of it is you've seen trends and you're like oh i kind of need to add this because this is things our students are going to be seeing so absolutely i I definitely have to add things if you look at the daily heva sweeps that i probably taught five years ago or like you know so there's definitely definitely that that's progressed a lot in terms of just gripping the pants and not the heel so yeah you definitely have to add the new stuff and i i think you have to add it because like i said just from what i said just a second ago was that we have blue belts who just got their blue belts in January and December in, of winter promotions who are blue belts who are in a class with a brown belt who's been training for 10 years. And that brown belt has done daily HEVA section a bunch of times and he's seen these sweeps. Now, so I have to add new sweeps for him in the daily HEVA section, whereas, you know, so that that's what I mean. So you you're constantly have to put new stuff in. If, I, if I'm going to teach daily HEVA sweeps, now I, there's... I mean, what would you say, Chris? What would you guys say? How many daily heat sweeps are there? A hundred? I mean, for as many different grips as there are. Yeah, right? uh, there's a, probably a hundred. That's just offhand that I could think of. I could probably think of a hundred daily heat sweeps. Um, now, if I'm going to stay on daily heat guard for a month and work on sweeps and, and positions from there, I'm not going to show a hundred sweeps. I'm going to show eight, maybe ten at the most in that month. So it will switch. I'll, I will show the core ones that have been in jiu-jitsu forever, the most practical ones, the fundamental ones, no matter what every single time and then i'll vary the other six to you know you know five or six of them to to what i think is is prevalent for the day and 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 what maybe the group hasn't seen and some of the higher belts haven't seen or how i can modify some of the stuff so but yeah obviously as new stuff is added it, it definitely changes it up a little bit like i said the grip in the pants is new in the last couple of years and 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 some of the some of the ways you enter into it is is changed and stuff like that so for sure when when you're teaching, I noticed, I don't know if this was just coincidence or if this was intentional on your part, but I felt like starting in January of this year, it seemed to be that you were teaching more of a system regarding a position for, as opposed to teaching just a set of techniques. So like we focus on deep half and, or, and actually I remember this even more vividly when you, when you talked about Delahiva maintenance at the end of last year, where you were teaching not just the techniques out of the position, but also the basic concepts and the system of if you're going to do this, they're going to counter with that. And, and this right, is kind of right. how we f- go through the flow. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, and, I, and, and, and ideally as an instructor, you'd always want to do that. You'd, you'd always want to do that teaching in systems and teaching progression, but you don't have that luxury in a paid system as this. Because the problem is, is we have we don't have mandatory practices here. If I had a mandatory practice where it's like you be here, I'll kick you off the team, then I would know where everyone's at. I'd know what we've done. Right now, I have guys that haven't been here in two weeks. They'll show up, and if I'm teaching on a progression, 
this guy didn't learn the first three steps of this progression. So that's where it gets tricky in this type of environment. So I, I do, like I would love to do that for every single thing. I think every coach in the world would be. I think everyone would get faster, better. Um, that's, you know, I'm not pitching privates. I don't even like doing privates, to be honest with you. But but that's why if you were doing private lessons, you would t you would learn in a progression. It would be the fastest, best way to learn. But in a group setting, you guys know you have teammates. You come in and you've you've seen the first three steps of this progression. We want to go to the fourth, and some guy has walked in who hasn't been here in two weeks. He doesn't even know what the hell we're doing this week. He hasn't even seen the first two. So that's where it gets tricky. As that's why sometimes schools delve in and instructors delve back into like, okay, we have to do techniques and that's why when i just said i want to do at least this year be a little more rigid it's like hey be here have a you know have some pride in being here i, I get life i get that if you're not here let's you know I've, i trust in the people here in the community here to get people caught up in some of those things you know like all right we're working if the, you know we, we started in daily heva and the opponent pushed our leg down and went to here and now we have to go to this and then he did this now we have to go to this and that's where we're at and I trust people to get it but but at the same time i get it though like they said they're, they're you know they're paying for a service and we have to you know get them caught up as instructors and stuff like that but it's tricky when you have a whole class waiting on some people who who can't be here now it's not they don't want to be here they everyone wants to change just they love it but they just life gets them job gets them kids get them family gets them so so that's where i would love to teach in progression every for everything in life but that's just not the fun that's not the luxury we have is that is that what schools consider a competition class at other i, schools? I, I think so like if you had a competition team but I don't even know if they have that luxury because still life would get in the way. But like, like I said, if you had a if you had a team where you could kick somebody off or not showing up, you just everyone would be there. And if they weren't there, then they didn't care to be there. Then you would you knew you would know exactly where everyone's at. So that's the difference between like athletics in terms of other sports, in terms of like high school sports and collegiate sports, and, and obviously pro sports. You know, they're getting paid to be there. So, but as as opposed to you guys paying to be here and stuff like that you know that's an like, interesting thing that you just mentioned is like like the idea of like our, every student is different right what is your i in terms of like there's certain jujitsu nerds you know i'm a little bit of that right like i i look i i you know whatever work on class like i'm gonna do my own due diligence and like seek outside the gym as well to right. to find things to learn and and things that i can just really delve deep into every subject right like is is that your hope for every student like to try to drill on their own and that sort of thing too or like what is well yeah i think that would be ideal if if there was a combination of yeah we want to train hard um which i think everyone wants to kind of go hard i think that's why they're here they want to relieve stress they want to train hard they want to they, that, that's a i think a big thing people like you know you don't let people choke you out or try to choke you out if you don't like that in terms of physicality. So, so I, so I think the training hard part is, is, is kind of easy. Um, I think the having fun part is kind of easy because everybody wants to have fun. This is, we, we, we kind of find this fun. Everyone that's here kind of has, finds it fun. Even on a rough night, you still kind of enjoyed yourself. And then, um, but the learning part is where it gets a little, where it can fade a little bit, you know, where it's like those other two things are more important to most people. Right, like the learning part I is think. the getting in shape and the, and the having fun, like the 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 phys, you know, yes, the 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 relieving stress and the having yeah. fun. The learning part necessarily isn't necessarily the, the most important part to people, you know. Now, those other two things will be enhanced if you do the third. That's what people I think people need to understand. I think that's what instructors need to do a little bit better job of letting people know. But um, if you learn more, you're going to be better and you're going <laughs> to, you know, you're going to get better technique. That's one thing I've noticed about yeah. you is like, you you know, they're not calling people out, but like there are certain instructors who, if you look at a, a YouTube technique, like that's like frowned upon, like, you know, right. how dare you go and learn outside of what I'm trying to teach you right now. Right, right. Like, 
as a, as a black belt now, like that the idea of trying to prevent people from learning on their own is like, that's, shouldn't you want somebody yeah. to learn on their own? Oh, you know, absolutely. like that's yeah. the ultimate, yeah. you know, because there's so many different sources of information to, and to think that only the, that I, the only thing yeah. that I'm it, teaching it, is the, the yeah. true. Yeah. One yeah. Source and of and I would hope is. that instructors who don't want people doing that is just because of information overload and they're just not going to learn anything. So I like hopefully that's the reason why, and not just because if it's an arrogance or anything like that, which it probably is for a lot of the coaches. But but no, like I, I like yeah, you should definitely. Um, I don't have any problem. Like in fact, I ask you guys for instructional videos sometimes when I when I want to learn new stuff. I don't ever get around to watching them. But but I paid for it. <laughs> but but no, like you you like I said as as a teacher, I want to learn like I want to learn new stuff, and I also want to learn how other people are teaching stuff. You know, like I said, right. I, I've had this conversation a million times with people. It's like. Usually when I'm looking up, when I'm studying other instructors or techniques, it's not necessarily anything new. It's, I want to know how a teacher's teaching the Kimura from the clothes guard. You know, I want to, I want to know a detail or a step that there's something or, or I want to learn some different ways of doing a fundamental and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I'm at now in my, in my training. Like before, I wouldn't say that was always the case, but, but yeah, no, I, hopefully that, you know, you, you should always be seeking outside information, but there is this thing where if you try to learn too much and you, you're not learning anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah, most yeah. of you guys have 50 videos on Instagram saved on your phone of all these cool videos and you don't know any of them where like, you know, and, and, and on top of what your coach is teaching. But if you knew if you only had three of them saved, you'd probably have mastered all three of them by now instead of 50 of them. So th- like that's as in the coach, that's definitely there. That's I've, I've had that problem. I've had that problem with a lot of things. Um, in this day and age, information overload is a real thing, you know, like especially almost every industry, you know, like look at the fitness industry, strength and conditioning industry. Like you could find anything to refute anything, you know, by the end of it, you're just like, well, I should just, so, so in, yeah. So you gotta be careful there with jujitsu and stuff like that. So hopefully if a coach is like, Hey, you know, I always tell beginners, just don't do, you know, just you're already learning enough. You're not even retaining what you're learning. So that's why I think with beginners, you have to be very careful in that, but it's not because I don't want them to learn some secret technique. It's just like, you're going to learn a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You're not going to know anything at the end. You know, you're not going to have mastered any of it. So that's, 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 I think that's more my fear, but I, I would never tell anyone not to though, for sure. Not, not seek out training with anybody or learning different things. In fact, I try, that's the other reason why I look at videos is try to learn different ways. I teach things that I don't do. Like I teach people stuff. I'm like, you know, in fact, the, the way we did the armbar today in technique, I don't do the armbar that way. But I teach it that way because beginners find it easier for them to learn it that way. It's I do the it, highest percentage it's way. The high, of learning, it's right? a little bit easier way to learn. Like yeah, so but but uh, you know, and later on I'll show them the way I do it and stuff like that. But I show them a different way than I do it, where I don't like a lot of coaches won't do that. This, this is how I do it and stuff like that. But I, I I think it's you know you have to be able to teach things different ways for different different people, different structures. So that's interesting. Who? Because um, I've I've always basically sort of known you as a coach, right? Like even back when you were a purple belt like you were even then you were sort of like you were you were heading the the mma team over there right and like who who has have over the course of all of your different instructors and all the people who belted you up like has have been like the bigger influences in you to or to you rather um because i like i feel as though like you and dean have always been like like you guys are peers and have you know like you were i mean when you guys were like kicking each other in the head and stuff like were you guys like sort of like learning and drilling with each other and then like over time like you've passed that on and like 
you know, seeking for Marcio and that sort of thing. Like, how, so like in terms of like, you talk about teaching philosophy and teaching. Yeah. Strategy, like that so sort of thing. Like, like, cause you know, you, so I, I would say this, like, because I'm, I'm close. I'm not the first generation, but I'm pretty close to it here in America. Um, no, I don't know if there was too much. I don't I, I would actual say actual instruction to you. Right. I would, no, no, there, there was no, I learned technique. I don't know if there was too much, um, philosophy like like uh, like teaching philosophy teaching strategy like that i've learned from other studying other coaches in other sports really like how they how, is that because you feel maybe is it was because they're older sports and oh absolutely because yeah. we were so new like when i started it was just like man you fucking train hard every day and you go to your fucking store and you can't walk and no no they, they, yeah no that was it was a it was a macho attitude it was a fucking you know like it, you know which it, it's not, that's not saying that's bad and stuff like that it's, you know um but no, I'm I'm talking about yeah. It was clearly like you know, and if like look at MMA for like it's the obvious example is that as money came into that sport, the training methods got way smarter. You know, when there was no money in the sport, there was no smarter but better. Oh, better for okay. sure. Yes, like dude, like if you looked at the way people trained in 1998, 1999, 2000, they would just they would get thrown in the gauntlet before their fights. They would spar every day. They would go hard. They it was just kind of like we're gonna beat you up to make you tough and like. You know, and and that's because like we didn't know anything about like like um, peaking and in mesocycles and microcycles and different phases of training and and and, and tapering and and stuff like that. That did that came in later on as athletes started making more money and then smarter coaches said, hey, you know, maybe you guys shouldn't train like this. You know, like you know, football players don't go out and run in the brick walls all week. In fact, they don't even wear scrimmage and wear pads all week when they for their NFL games. You know, like they don't have people hit them in the bats with base you know, in the knees <laughs> with baseball bats. They actually just you know, they they actually run drills and practice. you know, so so if you look at the way guys sparred twenty years ago in, in MMA and you look at the way they do now I mean, now they spar eight to 10 rounds a week max, you know, like, whereas that wasn't even considered training years ago. So I think it's probably the same with just the whole mentality of the jujitsu, martial art, MMA. So, so, so that's, that's, that's for sure, you know. Um, well, one thing I'm kind of curious about and, but, and oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no go ahead. I, was, I was just gonna say, but as a coach, so I, I didn't learn that from any coach in this industry. I learned it from. You know, as smarter strength coaches and smarter coaches came from other industries to help athletes in this industry i learned like a good example is martin rooney he was um he's yeah but he was like he trained a lot of the guys he, he was at he was at henzo school he was at, he trained frank yeager he yeah this guy is like he was the first guy to really open my eyes and like like on, on in terms of training combat athletes and stuff and he was like like holy shit that makes so much sense you know like um with, with stuff like that and he wasn't necessarily like he trained a little bit but he wasn't necessarily a jiu-jitsu guy that, that implemented these strategies and stuff and then you start looking at how other coaches teach their I don't know athletes players how they teach them to learn and stuff like that then it you know so it's definitely changed now like a lot of the great jiu-jitsu coaches now know how to do it so maybe that wasn't necessarily the case like I, I'm not falling anybody for that like I said it's just not it's just the way it was you know we just you know so I was kind of curious and, and this is for lack of experience on the Muay Thai side, but I've, I've heard, and it makes perfect sense that one of the cool things about grappling is that you can go out and go pretty hard in sparring when we roll and the likelihood of injury is low. Like you, you can come yes. back and do that yes. again, you know? Yes. Whereas if you were to spar hard in Muay Thai, yes. there's going to be a, or MMA, yeah. there's going to be bumps. Especially MMA. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you can't do that. Like I, I could go hard all week now. I'd feel beat up at the end of the week, but I'd still be walking. Yeah. You wouldn't be hurt. You so, know? Yeah. Um, 
I'm just kind of curious how how do you manage that from as a Muay Thai athlete as an MMA athlete? How do you manage getting better in competitive situations at that intensity when you can't do it that much? Yeah. So so I mean you you have to do it especially when when you're when it involves striking you have to do it with like it has to be quick it has to be up tempo it has to be you know Bobby Robert used this phrase all the time, but um, our Muay Thai coach, but he's like quick pace, but the contact is like you know you have to be moving full speed, but you're not not sitting down on your punches and stuff like that. So, um, and that's a skill too. And like, that is yeah, a skill. That's and, a skill. And, and that brings me to my next point: is you have to have, and this is true with grappling too. Like you can get hurt. Like you're more likely to get hurt going with the the white belt than you are with the purple belt. It's just not, I, like I don't. It's just there's no way around that. You know. So you have to have good training partners, and that's why like. I understand when people get more advanced, um, especially when they careers are right on. Why they they they're very selective who they spar with. You know, it's not because they're, you know, they just don't want to get hurt. They 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 got they yeah. You know, so so, you know, you have to have good training partners. But if you train with the right people, um, in grappling, you can train every single day, um, fairly high, fairly high fairly pace, high, yeah. and not get hurt and, and not be too sore and if you monitor your rounds you you can walk out of there and you can feel good and you can improve and fairly every day now if you train with the right people in mma you can spar for eight to ten weeks in a training camp and not get hurt and not get beat up <laughs> and that's kind of what you want you want to be able to spar hard good pace and not get hurt and go into your fight feeling good and that's what you know with with, with you know you know like i said you cannot like spar you cannot you you still have to go quit you still have to go hard you know you still have to be able to train hard you have to mimic what you're going to be doing out there you know you can't you know can't all be all drills and stuff like that and i know there's some guys out there who don't spar before their fights now who's who who there's a few guys that don't spar before their fights or at least it's rumored they don't um I think uh, Cowboy said he does. Yeah, I think Cowboy yeah. does, and and maybe Robbie Lawler. Yeah, but Lawler. Yeah, yeah, but that, how yeah. many rounds did they have? Well, no, but this is, right? I hear this. Oh, oh, Cowboy doesn't spar before his fights anymore. He just gets in shape and he does drills and pad work, and that's fine. I, I get that. Um, the same with Robbie Lawler. But if you've had fifty MMA fights, or if you've been tra- if you've if you've been fighting for fifteen years, maybe you don't need to spar. Maybe you don't need to spar. You know, that's that's. So so, but it, but if you if you you know you, it's you like do. how do you develop the timing otherwise yeah if, unless you're you, you have like, to have that you know but even then they still still like even like you know i i think another thing too at least in terms of sparring i remember um that separated because when i started it was like mma teams and there was a, still this like this team mentality and and, and I, I like the team thing i do i think it's you know i like the stuff like that but um but when it turns into when it, at least in MMA, you know, like you know, and maybe high level jujitsu guys, maybe they're picky who they spar with, and they bring in guys like if they have matches, they bring in guys who, like there's no point in. Um, but boxers did this, you know, when boxers had a, a there was no boxing teams, you know, like when, when we were doing MMA, boxers would bring in their sparring partners, and they would, um, they'd bring in people who mirror they're gonna fight, and they would basically bring in dummies to beat up on, and have some people that push them a little bit, but there was no, they, you know, like. Whereas the MMA mentality was like, I need to go spar with people better than me and get beat up before my fight, you know. And this was like, this is kind of gone now, you know. At least hopefully it's gone. It's still out there with some of the younger guys. They feel like they have a fight coming up, so I'm going to go out and get beat up by guys who are better than me. So when I go into the fight, I, I, that I don't know what that means, but yeah, yeah it's like, like a weird like yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, like overload oh, okay. of yeah. yeah. So of and getting... I've even heard it for some of like like some of the guys here in Orlando, you know, like 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 they 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 they'll you know, you know. Over at Julian's place, you know, and Julian's got um, best guys right now in, in the city and stuff and, and over there, you know, and 
um, I've heard guys like, oh, you know, I, I go over there and Jacare and Jacare beats me up and Mike Perry beats me up and then like like, um, not necessarily beat him up, but you know what I'm saying? Like like like, my opponent's never going to be as good as him. But like, I'm not so sure that's necessarily making you better to fight yeah, your that's opponent. That's a weird thing, right? Like, that, like just because you're getting beat up by better, like your opponents probably could get beat up by better guys too. That doesn't make necessarily make you better to fight your opponent. You know, so you have to keep these things in perspective. You know, and that was the mentality of me. The whole time when I was training, that was like you had to go out there. You had to go with better people. Yeah, it's you like, to, aren't you? you if you're get, constantly get, like, it makes you tougher, no doubt. It right? makes you like, tougher if you survive but, it. Yeah, it, it makes you quit or it make you tougher. Like, you know. but it, it's is it optimal for your own no. development? No, absolutely not. Right? Like, no. it's sort of like the idea of like, and I think there's been a shift in mentality now of like training in like the fucking heat and blah blah. blah. Yeah. Like that, no doubt builds mental toughness. Right. But if you're shortchanging your actual physical ability, yes, no, yeah. are you able to develop? That, and that's that what it is. And that's where I think, like you know, even with me, like sometimes when I'm like, I still coach some MMA guys, but I gotta, you know, like okay, is this you know, like there there is some utility in mental training to see what guys will you know how how long they'll endure. Like well, you know, you know, some days on on you know pro sparring days you know I mean, i'll push them a little bit and see what you know like who's gonna quit who's gonna take a round off i, I look at shit like that and it, that shit matters still it's still important your mentality is important are you gonna you're gonna grind it out or are you gonna quit you know you're tired you're gonna take a round off and shit like that that shit still matters but um but not going but but this mentality that you have to go out there and and get mauled by people better than you like like iron sharpens iron and stuff that's true but you're you're, you're fucking not on it they're just like you know you know <laughs> but like, diamond still fucking destroys yeah, yeah. it you so, know so, like so, so, but, but that used done. to be the mentality in, in 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 this industry for a long time was that you had to you know and i was that guy i was that coach like if we had a guy come out we'd throw him in the grinder and like you know we'd rotate a guy in on him every 30 seconds and like yeah fight like and he's all he's doing is learning how to get beat up like he, he's tough he, he's just like he fucking you know so and i was that coach and i think a lot of us were early on um and, you know but i mean thank god and that's why the athletes are better and they're better trained you don't see people gassing as much in fights and you don't see people like you know like you know and i've said this to other people but when you watch a ufc fight and you see a professional life out there and you see the guy gas it, there's pretty good chance that it's not he didn't gas because he didn't train he gassed because he overtrained. he probably peaked three weeks ago and he like that was the mentality like and that's why you don't see it as much anymore you know like you know, heavyweights might be a different because i don't know what heavyweights I don't know if they ever like look in peak physical shape, but 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 you know what I'm saying. You know, like I, I'd watch a guy and they're like, uh, and he would gas in the middle of the second, but it wasn't that he didn't train. He probably peaked three weeks ago and his body's shutting down, and he probably overtrained. He probably sparred too much. He probably did too much. So you feel overtraining is a legitimate with professional athletes. Professional athletes. Back in the day, yes. Back in absolutely. I know I was overtrained back in the day. Sometimes I'd go into fights. Was it? Damn, I felt better three weeks ago than I do walking out tonight. You know, like I just you you, you just you peak too soon. You know, that that's every sport you can peak too soon. The problem is in the other sports they're a lot smarter with it, and and now this one is too. And I'd imagine this training philosophy is in the jujitsu athletes too. You know, I I know like, you know, they have a lot of matches now, and they have a lot of super fights now. And I think like if you're in the world championships and even to jujitsu, even though you still you pay to enter and stuff. Um, you know that the, the eight guys who are going to be in the final. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah, the brackets. Yeah, the eight guys. It. You know what they're preparing. You like you're preparing for like you know, you know what they do. You know what like I mean. So so you know, you want to make sure you're in, in shape. You want to make sure you're you know you train for them and you're you know you're peaking at the right time because if you know. So I I think it's out now, right? Like the episode's been released, so we're allowed to talk yeah. about it. Your announcement last week, awesome. 
what was my announcement oh about competing this year oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah man yeah, that's yeah. awesome we so well yeah if yeah, this year ever gets back on all of us yeah that's true too if this like, year ever gets back on, what um year. what rule set would you look to compete under oh, i don't care i don't yeah it doesn't matter i don't really care. yeah i don't I'm, I'm 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 sparring i'm conditioning i'm grappling i'm training yeah i don't care like i just you know i do want to do i do want to compete in the gi this year do you really yeah I do, I do what do you want. have the most fun competing in grappling wise no gi or gi uh so here's something i've never competed in gi before what i've never competed in the gi before wait what hmm when you okay i'm, I'm not gonna name names <laughs> i know you've beaten certain black belts when you were a blue belt yes it was yeah so yeah those were in no gi those were no okay yeah, all right so i was i was always doing this and they were in different it? rule sets i mean some of them were abu dhabi rules some of them were okay um None of them were IBJJF rule sets, but some of them were like, you know, there are different rule sets and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I've, no, I've never actually um, competed in a gi before. Really? So that's, I, that's something I, I actually want to do and stuff like that. Um, that's interesting. I, that's that's incredible. Like that you've, what do you have? The, so, huh. That's, what do you, do you, do you, would you adjust your training one way or another? Like, Cause I mean, like you just you spend so much time on the mats, like yeah. So I mean, I ideally, yeah, just as long as like 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 I said, I, I you know, like I said, this year is throwing a curb on everyone's. Yeah, life, that's but, it's fucking up everything. But as long as I have time to train, if I know I'm gonna do gi, I want to make sure. Like I said, I don't need to. It's not like I need to be mentally ready in the sense that like like I said years ago, everyone was like, oh, I need to make sure I spar every day and do ten rounds a day, five days a week. That's not the, yeah, no, I just you know i need to be able to do five hard rounds every other day three times a week and i'll be good and stuff like that and then drill in between and stuff like that so um a little bit smarter than me yeah but but yeah that's i mean like i said i would like to do that this year i would like to actually when do you as an instructor as our head instructor and a coach when do you get your drill time in aside uh, from monday like i don't know like now i guess you know saturday right. afternoon or maybe like i can i could you know and I, like honestly like i said if you can sneak 15 it just sounds cheesy but if you can sneak 15 minutes in here 15 minutes in there like if i teach it tuesday night at five o'clock and we're drilling for the first 15 20 minutes of class and there's an odd guy and i can yeah, yeah, yeah. and like i said we're not learning technique we're drilling not not learning that's different you know when i say we're drilling you know, we're you're the, honing the existing skill yeah we're, we're we're working on existing skills and i can sneak some time in so um that's that's what uh, stuff like that you know? what struck me as really interesting about you and i just i only recently learned this about you is uh, i didn't realize that you're like a pretty big like metrics guy like you know like the end of the year post you had posted like all the stuff like i didn't realize you yeah how on top of keeping track of stuff and how much do you think that if the average student was keeping track of what they're actually learning how many rounds they're actually doing would it benefit them oh every it would benefit you in every way every way, in every facet of your life it's just annoying to do it's annoying it's um it's annoying to do in business it's like just like you know it's annoying to do you know i'm tracking my calories right now i can't tell you how fucking annoying that is and like, i haven't gave that, up like i tried to do that a few like a month ago yeah. i was like you, no i came in apps I, available right like, no yo, no I, even I, the I, app's annoying no i know? use i use scanning the barcodes like no i use there. i use my fitness file i use i use the scanning like and I, that's why no and i do it. it's just like you, you you just like shit what I, okay I, you know i stopped and got a bag of cheese you know just so like i told i came in when did i come in i told no i was like man i went up to 3400 calories i was like i went over 1400 so i got I some like, cheese nips yeah <laughs> so 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 just but but you can't what, what is it peter drucker peter drucker says you um you can only measure you can only manage what you measure so if you're not okay, me yeah, yeah, like yeah. What, what gets measured gets done what gets measured gets done so you can't you can never have a unless you manage like you measure shit 
you want to lose weight if you don't know me calories like people are like i want to lose weight I'm like how many calories you're i don't fucking know well, but like, intuitively i mean like as long as you've been doing this i feel like because like I, I at one point i was measuring calories i have a you should have a pretty good idea at some point right um after you do it for you learn the there's a skill of sort of like judging how much you can eat yeah yeah like after, and, yeah that's what i'm saying like so that's why like even when i was logging my shit in the other day i knew i went over bad i was like shit i stopped at mcdonald's and <laughs> You know, it was just like so. Your training gigs. rounds and stuff, though. Do you you because I, I didn't realize you log every single one of those. Do you yeah, so do you I, have a mental like after class you go write it down in a journal or what do you do? At the end of the night, I do. Really? And, and like I said, and I don't. And I, I said if if I'm just an if, if if there's an odd person, I just and I'm out there grappling just to give them work. I don't really count that. You know, it's just me kind of going through the motions. So I just I only log what if I'm actually training with intention if I'm training with intention okay. and competing so yeah so so I keep track of that and stuff and I try to find that sweet spot and I look and I try, at the end of every month usually at the end of every week I try to evaluate okay like what's that sweet spot you know okay 30 was way too many 20 wasn't enough you know like like I felt good here and you know but I also looked and I look at how many times did I weight train and stuff like that I think everyone would benefit from it for sure you know now it's just is it annoying sure you know like yeah, it's just you got to be pretty disciplined to do it. I'm not always disciplined to do it. I was this year because I thought about competing again and just and just to make improvements in my life. So like anything I've, I, I that I measure, like I'm fucking tracking my expenses. You know, you don't realize how much money. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't realize how much money you spent at the alehouse on on, on. <laughs> <laughs> with some picklebacks and yeah, Eli's. like some, <laughs> yeah. So like you start you start you start measuring like you know. So I mean, most people measure their expenses. I never did though. I've just started doing it this year because I wanted to. So you 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 said that you you that you're you know you're counting your rounds and you said okay I did thirty that felt too much like is it just uh, intuitive based in terms of what you think is optimal or are you uh, uh, operating that number off something external that you that you've read or you studied? No, I think it's different for everybody. I think it's other factors too. You know, like how much like so so like. You know, I, like some people, we all have different jobs too. We all have different things in our lives. So my job, I, I would say, is kind of physical. It's not as physical as some of you guys is. So like what I mean is like I'm on the floor all day sometimes and I'm teaching, I'm doing techniques. So I'm, I am getting, you know, even when I'm teaching Muay Thai, I'm drilling. I always drill with the students. So so I'm, I'm burning a lot of calories. I'm, 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 it's physical. I'm not just sitting in a desk is what I mean. But also I know guys who are doing construction all day and coming in here. And so, so you have, yeah, so you, you. You know, everyone's going to be a little different on where they find that that spot. You know, when you want to find a spot where you're one, you're um, improving um, physically and 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 technically and stuff like that, and and stuff like that, and, and getting tougher and all those all those sweet things and stuff like that. So that's you know, so it's going to be a little different for everybody and of of how many rounds they should do. I also imagine like being able to do that consistently week in and week out is also mm. a parameter you need to. Mm. It's like I might be able to yeah. improve and, and marginally like said, more if I push myself this week, but then I won't be able to do. And the I same think when I started week. training guys, I I was a little more conscious of this, and I started applying. It was easier coming back and do it myself because when I was fighting or training, I never really did this for myself. I just was like, we'd show up at spar and stuff. But when I started training guys, I'm like. I would start managing. I started watching how many rounds they did a week, and I would start okay, like, because um, you know, not to get off on a on a different thing here, but like, like guys, like at least competitors. I don't want to compare like the average guy to competitors, but they would like the general census out there was you would spar hard one day, and the next day, okay, I'm not going to spar hard, but I'm going to condition really hard. Then I would spar hard, and then, like, so you're going hard every day. Your body's going through. It's this just thing. a different discipline. It's different. different yeah, you're like your your strength and conditioning are where it should be. You should be doing. You should have a hard day, a medium day, and a light day. You know, and that, that's kind of like, you know, how periodization works and stuff. But if you got to find that that 
for you like what 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 works best for you and stuff like that you know so um but yeah i, I can go through some of my old journals and be like man i i just i know why i felt i know why i got hurt here because i looked back in the, the previous eight weeks i saw what i did and i was like it's just it was just a matter of time you know it's just it was coming you know so that's interesting and it was funny because i think uh John Rumsey was the only guy he, he he followed up with his own post with his metrics. Oh, yeah, he, and I was like, hey, there's one guy who's also been tracking the scientist of the group. Yeah. He had everything tracked. Yeah. And like, like I said, it's, it's not something like I said, it's it's I don't know. It, um, I've always like, you know, like I said, tracking rounds is pretty easy. Like, you know, like I said, especially if you especially if you guys train one day a week or not one day a week, once once a day or three times a week, you know, it's easy. OK, I just, Man, we grappled four rounds on Tuesday. I grappled three rounds on Thursday, and I grappled, you know, three. I, I, should, I did nine rounds this week, you know. Whereas another guy, like I said, nine rounds, I'll do that by Monday night. We'll be oh, I've already done like because I'll have done five on Monday day, and I'll have done pro sparring, and then I'll grapple that night. So like, so everyone's a little different. I'll still feel good on Tuesday, whereas most people, if they'd done nine rounds the day before, would be ten rounds the day before would be done. You know, like you know. Well, so, doesn't it also? So you can increase your, you know. But doesn't it also, like, the intensity, for someone in your position, diminish uh, as you got better because the level of competition yeah, is, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, like, and that's, yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's, and that's why I said, like, if I, if I'm in a fundamentals class and I got to jump, I don't really count that as a, like, as a, or if, you know, um, so yeah, I try to only I try to only count with things that I'm working with. My heart rate's moving. I'm I'm working on I'm, I'm you know even when I go with a blue belt like there's there's times where yeah so I'll pass your guard and I'm just and I've told you this I'm oh, I'm fucking tired I'm just gonna smash you I'm not fucking <laughs> and well there's times and then where I let you replace every time I pass and then that's yeah. an exhausting round because I gotta pass again I gotta pass again I gotta pass again like 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 so there 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 <laughs> if if I'm not really training I'm just gonna pass your guard and smash you because I don't want to move I just want to be I just want to lay on you like but there's like uh, but, but when I'm training no I don't there's no point in that. So I'll, I'll pass your guard and I'll, uh, and I'll and you'll work. Oh, well, I'll let yeah. you replace. Yeah. So I'll have to pass it again. Then I'll, I'll, you know, do then, you, so like, this is something to no me, it's, it's harder. About. It's easier for me just to pass your guard, smash you and then try to submit you. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. just your level of experience and your, yeah, your skill. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, so yes. Like one thing no and I talk about a lot is training with intention. How as an instructor, like, I think it's, it's funny, like just our conversations that people have now heard it. I don't think, the average student thinks as much about their own development as no, and, they should. And it goes to the learning part of it, you know. Like I said, it goes like the more people are more important or more the first two things I said earlier are more important. Um getting in shape and, and having fun. Yeah. You know, like so so yeah, I, I that's absolutely too, you know. So so it is incumbent upon the instructor sometimes and in which but at the same time though, if 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 I say, Okay, I'm I am gonna be um I'm going to work on your development here on opening the closed guard. And that's all I'm going to do as your instructor because that's my responsibility is make sure you're better at passing the closed guard tonight. So every time you open the guard, we're going to reset and start back in the guard. And then you're going to open the guard and you're going to reset and then we're going to switch. And we're going to come back and do that drill. Now you're not having fun. And that's... I guess that's, yeah, that's the and, onus of the student and, to and try, that's yeah, like, the, to, for them to appreciate and, it. And that's what's what I said, you know. Like I said, if I could get everyone to realize that you know, sometimes the the boring training will benefit you the most. Um, you'd be better students, you know. But at the same time, like I said, you're like, I, and, I, and I, maybe I they learn that over time. Not, like, yeah, they, they, they do, and you know, and sometimes they don't. Like I said, I've 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 I have, you know, I say this every week, but I have guys that have been here for a long, long time, and when they come in and like, um, 
if they get their two hours a week here, man, they want to roll. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to drill side controls. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want to even go live in a certain aspect of the game. I just want to train. Like, I, like you guys get to come every day. You guys like. I don't get that luxury. I, I, I only get to come twice a week. So I, I want to just grapple. So that's why, like you know, so that's where, like I said, it comes back to that. You know, we're really, you know, like I said, as an instructor, you have to do it sometimes. But if you do it all the time, you will have students who do you do it as like go. in terms of like periodization is that something you do when it comes closer to like promotion time like tapering up because i know like obviously intensity always ramps up come closer to promotion right, time. like because right. everybody kind of needs to get that pressure and get in shape and that sort of thing right. do you tend to so, run those isolation rounds close to promotion time yeah and i do that just because it's closer to promotion time but we're not if i'm talking more periodization i, I really can't do it for a group a class though. like i do it more for me and if i'm training somebody individually I can do it for them because yeah. the problem is, like I said, if what I was saying earlier, if, if I'm like, okay, we're going to, this is the intensity and this is like, if I'm with a group class, everyone there is on a different part of their yeah, segment. Everyone true. is in a different, like, you know, there's a yearly cycle, there's micro cycles, which is the month and there's a meso cycle, which is the week and everyone there is on a different part yeah, of that cycle. 100%. So that's where, that's why it's a, you can't do it with a group class. You know, you, that's why you basically, that's why schools fall into the, okay, we're going to drill, warm up, drill, grapple this many rounds, you know? And that's why it kind of turns into that. Cause you can't, you, you know, unless you said, unless everybody's on the same schedule, you could do some really, really, really cool shit. But unless everyone's on the same schedule, it, it like I said, you can't build on, on things beforehand, you know, and you can't do so that's where it gets tricky you know like it would be great like especially in a, like a fundamentals class if you could say okay you're gonna we're gonna do this guard pass to this position to this to this you can't do that though because you're gonna have that new person who doesn't even know anything in the class yeah, you know like yeah, on, on, on the third day because that's a fundamentals class that's where they gotta be you know so so it's, it's just but it's the same with the advanced guys too you know so you can't you can't really do periodization with a group class unless you're all on the same schedule you can't so but when promotions are coming up, I just ramp it up no matter it's what. Pohada, man. Yeah, like, it's just, yeah. This is a, you better be in shape. That's yeah, exactly, exactly what it is. Yeah, it's like you, you know. So ideally, you're, you're you should know that if you're up for promotions, you know, and it it's up in July, and you know, okay, I better start work. You know, like you know, so because I'm gonna do it for you. You know, yeah. It's like the um. Sorry, I'm partially drunk. <laughs> When when you were when you were a colored belt, and I mean even when you're a black belt, um, what what's been your approach when it comes to talking about training with a purpose? When you were, let's say you had just less skills in your toolbox, so let's say, let's say more as a colored belt. When you were when you were on the mat and you were and you were going live and rolling. Were you just kind of going, letting things flow, or were you going in there with a mindset of "I want to try and force this position and and work from there"? Or were you not even with the way you guys train completely different? Were you just like more structured, more? Yeah, I've trained for so long that that's probably such, that's such a different question. I, I I think I think you like for me at least. I always had specific goals, but those goals would change depending on who I was going with. I mean, I was fortunate enough to at least be able to train with a lot of times coming up with people my same skill. So it was yeah, a little easier to do and stuff like that to, to set goals. You know, now if you're like I said, if you're a brown belt and you come in and you're going to go with higher belts, you're going to go with some blue belts who like, you know, you, your goal might not, you know, so it, it, you have a little more variance there and stuff like that. So um, that that's just 
I, I get what you're saying. That's tricky, though. Like, um, at least for me, like I said, I, I usually have a goal. I want to work on these things. I want to make sure I stay on top. Um, I was competing a lot more then, so a lot of the goals were training related. I want to keep make sure I keep moving. I don't ever want to stop. I don't want to stall any round. I want to keep stuff like that. So those would be more goals. Um, later on, I had goals where I just wanted to try to finish a lot, a lot, because you fall sometimes. That you you get this in your head that. Um, don't worry about you you work more for moving and stuff and you stop getting good at finishing you know you stop submitting people and shit so so you you get more into um i won't say competition phase but you get you, you know you got to start where you know you like shit sorry man but i know you're a blue belt but i gotta tap you out because i'm working on i'm working on closing the deal that's I get, eric every day bro well, well no, no no honestly like when you get a higher belt sometimes you stop submitting lower belts and your your submissions actually get a little slazy your, your submissions get a little sloppy you stop Is that explicit permission for me to yeah well just lower no belts? no I, I like like i've noticed you know like sometimes you know like sometimes higher belts will they'll, they'll stop tapping out lower belts because they just don't feel like it's etiquette or warranted and stuff like that some of them and then they then they're, they're you know if you're not actually tapping out trying to tap out a live person you know you, you get worse at it you know you, yeah, have you lose to, that skill yeah you lose that skill you know like you, you're not you know so so you, you know so i've fallen into of, that that's happened to me before different like, skill levels what is your advice to students training with people at different skill levels like a lower belt training with a higher level student a higher level training, a lower level student, bigger guy training with smaller guy, girl training with guy. Yeah, Maybe so, we won't go into girl with guy, but like, no, I mean that that is such you know it would depend on the person first of all, but like you know before it would always be like I'd have some generic answer to that, but there's so many variables in that. Like if you're a brand new white belt, like if you've been training three months or less and you're going with, you know, a white belt's been training twelve months, he's about to get his blue belt, you know, or something, or you know, like my goal would be, you know, just don't lose your base and guard, you know, stay on top no matter what. That would be like, you know, um, but if you're, you know, if you're a blue belt going to purple belt, I'm like a brown belt, like, no, try to pass his guard. If he sweeps you, screw it, you know, like, like, because you, you, you know, like, like, so it would be different. Whereas the other guy would be like, so that was, that, that one's probably one of the hardest questions to answer, I think, in terms of like people ask what advice you give the people because everyone's different. Everyone's mentality is different. Everyone's temperament is different. And then there's, there's different things that I would recommend at, at, at each segment, you know, and, you know, and, and there's different things I would like I could have two blue belts and like one of them, I would tell them this and the other blue, belt I would tell them this because they're, because of the way they're grappling and the way they're doing things different, you know? So, um, that, that one's tricky. That one, you know, like I said, that's, I think to me, that's one of the hardest questions. Cause I, I see that all the time. I see what you're like, advice for blue belts and stuff you know like that i I read what every other instructor said and i'm like i I, you know i get it but it's just those are those are that's a trick one you know like without knowing the individual person that one's like the single hardest one to answer you know because i have high belts i'm like you need more aggressive passing and i have high belts where i'm like you know you're way too aggressive passing you know like (laughs) maybe you shouldn't you know maybe you should you know slow down a little bit and work on you staying on top a little bit better you know like so stuff like that so that one's tricky. Dang, Chris, you you're at a loss for words. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's it, it. I haven't I haven't had enough alcohol, maybe, but. <laughs> so, Noah, how is your quarantine going right now? Uh, my quarantine has been fine. I'm I've been I'm blessed in in the fact that I my day to day routine hasn't been too much affected by the whole thing because I've been working from home. That's my vocation involves working from home. So in that respect, I've been able to continue doing my work. 
obviously jujitsu has been affected and that's a big part of my routine just like most of the people listening to this it's a big part of their routine collectively our routine yeah our routine so so paul went to go take his we all took our own bathroom yeah break. we all paul took our bathroom took break so he had to take his bathroom break but we, we keep going live because we're professionals here so um i i really can't complain and i'm also very lucky that you know i'm here in in orlando which Right now, it's already warming up, so there's plenty of things you can do outside. You're and not, warm weather does make make the virus go away. Is that proven? Is that? I mean, I, according to our our glorious <laughs> our, our glorious emperor, it oh, does, right? Oh God, oh the warm weather affects it all, man. It, it's it'll be gone. Poof. <laughs> tomorrow one day i mean i hope so i'll take that man yeah i mean at this point yeah for real it's like i'm i think we all want to train and and the people i i've talked to a fair number of people and then some other people i haven't really spoken to it's funny how i've noticed the um like you know there's some people that will maybe like you know they'll text you or call you or i'll do the same thing and then there are others that you know, I won't say anything to him, but then I'll see him in the gym and it's like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. it's like nothing passed and we just keep, we just pick up like before. So, um, to answer your question, a long winded way, I, you know, I have no complaints. I've, I'm minimally affected by this whole thing. And just like everybody else, I just can't wait to get everyone back on the mats and get everyone training. And, and just, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how much weight's been collectively gained by, our students yeah but everybody's been drilling on their basketballs so i mean no well actually everybody will come back shredded right i mean i don't that, know about that it, though, right like did you ever watch the office I've, I've never i've never seen an episode of seinfeld let oh you office. suck man if you haven't seen I'm, seinfeld I'm not, I'm not a white guy <laughs> what you can't play that card. You just like you made a post with your son that you look like the whitest guy ever with your backpack carrying your son around and stuff. Anyway, uh, there's an episode where they try to do a a collective weight weight loss at their at the office. So everyone's getting on a, an industrial scale in the basement. You know, at the basically at a, at a warehouse kind of like yours. They go oh, downstairs yeah. to the warehouse and they all stand on a big on a big scale. And they're trying to lose a weight. Collective, but they're all standing on. They're all standing right? on it because okay. they're like twenty employees or sixty okay. employees. So I would just like to see that with like fundamentals class or something. Like there's some guys I know. I won't name names, but I'm pretty sure that they've they've been <laughs> kind of sedentary, and they've. But, but that's just it, right? Like they're sedentary. But if this was their physical thing, as Paul had mentioned, like then unfortunately that it doesn't exist. Yeah. So. Yeah. Except, but I feel like. It's it's beyond that because obviously there's nothing that can quite compare to doing jujitsu in terms of the chemicals that causes my b body to release and the, the strain it has on my body. But I, my body is addicted to doing some sort of exertion, whether it's my brain, whether it's my body. I don't know the science behind it, but I can confidently say if I don't train for two or three days and I'm not like recovering from something, I get crabby. Like I, I, it's almost like an addict, you know, in withdrawals. You said it, you, you felt so good to hit the heavy bag. Oh yeah. I mean like, it, yeah, like it's just, it's, there's something to, if you're used to expelling a certain amount of energy via any means and penting it up, like it's not healthy for the human, right? Like, so I think that I want to say that, that people in that situation will find other channels and other avenues to to exert themselves, even if they fucking go to a park and just run sprints for like five minutes, even but though that's, but that's a discipline thing though. Right. So I guess I, I, I want to have faith and say that you don't have, it, it doesn't, it's not such a discipline thing. 
I, I'm pretty sure Paul would probably say like, yeah, some people are lazy, you know, and. But some people, so that's the thing, <laughs> most right? Like I've I've learned, yeah, most people. But like that's the <laughs> thing I've learned over time, and you know, I I've been weightlifting now since I was 15 years old in high school, and like just the idea of there are very few people, and they would just be doing it already, who would be doing something without the quote like accountability partner, right? Like that, there's so many, and and whether that's and that's the draw of CrossFit, right? Like there's the whole community that wants to see that person, you know, do well. And, and we're, we're good at it here at, at, at our gym of like, you know, like wanting people to be in the mats and, and seeing that the benefits, you know, are, are bequeathed onto them. Um, some people need that. And, and unfortunately right now we can't do the gym thing. And if they don't have that accountability partner by other means, they're not going to do it. Right. I mean, like that's just, I mean, it also, I think the thing about jujitsu is you also have the threat of defending yourself. Like you're going to be embarrassed or you're going to get choked out or you're, you're physically going to be uncomfortable, more uncomfortable if you get mounted. So it's like, I think that that's a, that's a great motivator to get someone to react and do something because there's an actual, like, well, I was, I was talking about just training. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like, just being here. Right. Like, no, I know, but I mean, I, I, I think beyond just having other people around to motivate you to train just the actual, the actual practice of jujitsu, the actual act of it involves, involves Not pain dying. and pain and yeah, suffering yeah. going along with failure. Sure. Like if you fail, a lot of times it, it, you know, involves like, well, now I'm in a more uncomfortable situation. Or like I said, there's a, there's a big ego component. It's like when you get tapped and it happened to me as a white belt, you know, it's like when you tap out, there's like a little bit of like, I can't believe that just happened to me. Like I would have died in the jungle. You know what I mean? And, and there's a, some pride, it's delusion, it's whatever. It's like, oh no, I'm, I'm an able-bodied person. Like I, I can just, I can use my athleticism, you know? And that's, that's what being stiff was. That's what being a spaz was. Like I was a spaz like everybody else at the beginning, you know? But I mean, you know, like, but is that what kept them coming to the gym? Or is it the social pressure of people, you know, like that? I mean, it's different for everybody. To, to you know, broadly paint that is, is, is hard to say, but like, it, 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 you know, you, you just said like, you know, maybe some people gain a little weight here and there, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little guilty of that too. But like, you know, if, if you're, tr I, I've always felt like if you're, if you were going to do something in the first place, you would be doing it anyway. You know, like it's just the idea of like taking like a multivitamin. It's like the extra credit kid. And I use this with my wife all the time. It's like, she's like, well, you know, you know, I, I did extra credit. I'm like, yeah, but you were already doing your homework without being told to, right? Like the, per the person who, is generally asking for extra credit as a person who doesn't need it, right? Yeah, so I agree with that. I, I, I don't agree with that. I would not have agreed with that before I went to college, but talking to all my college professors, they confirmed what you just said, which is the people that ask for extra credit in their class are the people that already have like 95 averages yeah, exactly. out of like They want to make it like a 96, right? Like, Whereas the people that actually could benefit from it, they say they'll do it and then they never do the extra and just credit. Like the people who take like a multivitamin there are people who are probably eating healthy anyway, right? Like they, they recognize there might be some cracks in their, in their diet, right? Like the people who are eating like shit are not taking a multivitamin to supplement their diet. So speaking of that, um, Paul, what kind of like supplements do you take? If you take, what's your opinion on them? Maybe being a vegetarian as well. <laughs> I think they're all mostly horse shit. All like, <laughs> um, yeah, and but I, you said you took five pills the other day. Like you're yeah, like, yeah. Well, I, so I so I take like because like I I do I 
especially when I'm drinking a lot of water, which I am now because I'm cutting my calories. I take a lot of zinc and potassium. I take vitamin and minerals that I probably don't get in my diet because I don't eat meat. Um, so th- yeah, so I, t- I take a lot of that. Um, vitamin C and vitamin E will always help. I, I just, I'm taking that now because of the whole Corona thing and stuff like that, but I don't really, um, <clears throat> I think BCAAs and all that shit is, is, uh, um, kind of a waste of money and stuff like that you know like i think how, how much of it do you, is placebo effect do you think oh i think most of it is no so let me rephrase this too i let me let me take a step back if you're new if you're a beginner if you're like like you yeah some of it'll help you but but i, I think that you know but it, like if you've been training for 20 years and you're in a, a little bit more advanced athlete the only thing that will <laughs> benefit you is probably steroids <laughs> like you know in my opinion stuff like that so it's like, like like the testosterone boosters and the, the bcaas and the what was what, what's some of the other ones that people use glutamine like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so, well, so creatine is proven though creatine creatine for- yeah creatine but creatine is only proven for beginners this is what i'm saying like creatine will help you like if you take an nfl athlete and put them on creatine nothing's gonna happen really Nothing's oh, gonna man. happen. I like it's just like he's. I haven't like, read Examine that well. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Examine.com. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a, a membership to PubMed, so I've like, and, and like I said, um, and I, I've been doing studies for a long time and stuff like that. And and honestly, like, and there are studies out there with like fish oil, and there's studies out there with BCA. Is like two of the five. Like, what's the other one? What's the joint one? The joint, the cartilage, cartilage one. Glucosamine. Glucosamine. So glucosamine. There are yeah. five excellent studies on glucosamine. Two of them show it works. Three of them shows it doesn't. Fuck! Do you spend the forty dollars a month? Fuck. Hell no, you don't. Well, like if two of them, maybe you're in that one that where it helps the two percent. Like yeah, I'm talking about good. There's hundreds of studies on glucosamine, but there's five really, really, really good studies on it. Like, like double blind placebo. Like, you know, what I'm saying so. So, do you spit? Like, are you in that hit or miss? You know, like that's where I'm thinking now. If if you can afford it, maybe. But I don't. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, right, right. but 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 the same with creatine. You know, creatine has shown like they will take, you know, twenty people and and they'll put them on creatine for 10 weeks and the 10 that were on it were can will bench a little bit more they'll sprint a little bit faster they'll like absolutely it works now that does does not do anything for people who are advanced trainees like like, like well, doesn't this doesn't this prove the 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 idea that that there's a vast um range in terms of like i guess the the spectrum of the human body and how it operates and how it reacts to these different substances is all over the map because i think it, it, i think it don't when you when you say i have five very well run scientific yeah, studies and, and the reason why i know cuz glucosamine is like anything for joints like if you've trained jujitsu for 25 years you will want to know what will make your joints oh absolutely <laughs> yeah not even 25 years you train it for 5 years you'll be like man like you want to know like you train you, for 5 you, weeks you're yeah, like yeah, things are getting <laughs> you weight achy, train you know? yeah you want to know if, if this thing's going to make your, your your elbows and knees and especially your knees feel better and stuff um or just in general you know like if you sit at the desk like but but um so i've i've stayed that one but yeah I, I, it's just um, most of them out there prove that, yeah, there's a wide range of stuff. And, and the ones that do show that there's a definitive like benefit to taking it are usually done with people who, um, haven't trained very long. Like that. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. Like create, like if you give a beginner to creatine, he will get faster. He will get stronger. He will like, if you give a creatine to a power lifter who's been training for it, that's just not gonna, he's not going to do anything to him. He's just like so. Does he's that not going to get any stronger? He's already like like he's like so. It benefits like but but that's that but that immediately begs the question. 
Is it just because they're beginners? Yeah. yeah. It's just like the early learning curve, right? But but, but the studies with creatine did show they were all beginners. They took, you know, they they would take 100 beginners, 50 of them would be on creatine, 50 of them wouldn't be, and the ones with creatine would actually... But does that mean you, you should just like if you're if you have a an athlete that's that's doing a strength related act uh, you know activity that the the first thing you should do is put them on creatine to help them oh, develop I earlier. So. I think if I, I think yeah I think you, I think creatine would be one that you, everyone now do the gains they get and you might not be able to answer that but do the gains they get. Are they retained? Are they retained just like yeah, the people well, that... Well, if they're strength gains, I think they're retainable. Because okay. you don't lose strength. Like I was saying last week, you don't lose strength very fast. You 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 don't gain strength very fast, but you don't lose it very fast. That's very odd because I would think it would be the inverse. I, th- I would think that the initial effect would be like you'll negligible lose- because a new person is going to get gain- a lot of gains naturally. Like to me, like- and you can correct me, but I view it as like... Uh, a logarithmic thing it's diminishing returns where it's like initially you're gonna no, you're gonna and, gain and, a lot and then it starts yeah to- no and, and no and that's true like 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 i was saying you take 100 people all beginners never done anything you put 50 more on creatine they're all beginners now all 100 of them 50 of them on creatine they're all going to improve they're all going to their baseline is all going to go up the ones on creatine will go up a little higher right that's what I mean. Like, so they're all going to prove, like, because they're all beginners. But the ones on creatine will. And, I wonder and, and what, that's what the pretty, cost of that That's would be. pretty solid out there. That's pretty like. Um, now you take someone that's been training five to ten years and put them on creatine, you won't see any improvement. That's now that, I'm, I, I do believe in placebos. You can give someone a pill and tell them it's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Anavar, or you can tell them it's you know this is like you know you, it could be a fucking Fred Flintstone gummy, and you can tell <laughs> them it's fucking whatever, and, they, and if they think it like it will make them train harder. It will make them work harder. Like, like they feel like they, they feel like they won't get so they'll train a little harder. The, the placebo effect is very, very real, you know. So, so that's that's an interesting thing. Like, yet, yet the yet the uh, supplement industry is a multi-billion dollar. Yes, absolutely, and they're very good at marketing. So, and like I said, I get like, you know, and like I said, there's there's, there's like supplements for performance or supplements for health, like. Like I just don't eat enough zinc. Cause I don't. I don't eat steaks and shit. So like I. I what about iron? Or you can get that from. Yeah. Well, you can get that from leafy green vegetables. Yeah, yeah. So I. I, just, I, I, I like, see the salad you're making. No, and I, like I said, I just I, I supplement with more stuff like like zinc and potassium, just because I don't get enough of it in my diet. But I don't really think like and it does help me in my performance. If I don't cramp. I guess you know. But yeah, like, well, that I know. Like when when I go hiking, like I'll take some of those supplements because I want to make sure I don't cramp when when hiking. So on those. That definitely magnesium, potassium, all that stuff. Really yeah, so I take more minerals and I take a few vitamins, but I don't really take supplements per se. Like I haven't taken BCAAs since I don't know, since two thousand nine or something. Like, geez. what's what's your opinion on on high doses of vitamin D? Because I that was, I know there's some fitness guys that are all yeah, about, like, that's the new one, man. Yeah, like that's so, the new uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think if you get outside enough, you're okay. You know, like so. That yeah, I mean. Because it's like what what's what's recommended by the FDA or whatever is on the on the pet. They're like, no, no, you need to go like four thousand, five thousand. Well, vitamin D is a, is a fast soluble soluble vitamin anyway, right? So if you're getting enough of it, what what is the point of mega dosing it? Now we're talking in territory. I, like I, I just know this is what people have been talking about. No, no, I haven't no, no, got. I, 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 but I mean, it's just like that's isn't that the whole? But. Yeah, I I I I mean, like I said, and if I don't know. Like I mean, these are the same guys that are like, you need to take a blood test like every three months. You're gonna piss most months. of it out. So if so, if if the bottle is four dollars from Walmart, then it's probably not burning a hole in your wallet. Then you're probably okay. But I know, I know some people that will buy supplements. They'll buy glucosamine. I mean, they'll buy um, glucosamine. They'll buy BCAAs. They'll buy glutamine. They'll, they, I mean, they'll they'll 
go to vitamin shop like cocktail of yeah, stuff, right? like, and yeah I, and that's the and thing because they because like, they because they heard post-workout it'll improve this 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 this, this and that's yeah. the thing is like if, unless you're a professional athlete right like where you're having the metrics that and like like micro percentages of improvement matter that much like i can see that but like but even then though, like they, they really don't though you like I'm, I'm telling you like yeah like i like the best I could athlete, see that the but million like, dollar even athletes then, in, in the world aren't slamming BCAs when they're done with their practice after that yeah and that's the, that's the funny I, part is like you hear and, and I think with other uh, avenues of like podcasts and that sort of thing and you hear what other professional athletes actually eat and where it is like it's really not like there's not these machines that are like only you know I, 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 super super regimented some of them are some of them, but, but most of them doesn't they don't seem to be that way at all you know like which if they're performing at that level, eating, you know, you hear Michael Phelps is eating like fucking cheeseburgers and shit. Like, that, you, one wouldn't <laughs> think that that's the optimal diet for an Olympian. Well, yeah, there are exceptions to rules, but yeah, yeah. But, but like I said, like I think a good indication is what the majority of them are doing or aren't doing at certain levels. You know, like I, I I've never like the cryotherapy thing. I've never, I've never done it. So I'm not going to knock it, but I, I just know that there's nothing, no states that they say it does anything for recovery. And then I know that there, those, those cryotherapy machines aren't in NFL and NBA locker rooms, you know, like, like they still use ice, you know, like they're just like, it's just, you know, so now if, if you have a sponsorship and let you cryotherapy, do it, if it makes you feel better, I don't know. Like if it's like, you know, but, but if you're dropping 40 bucks every time you go to one and you're doing it a few times a week, maybe, you know, Maybe a bag of ice will help you a little better, you know, or like, so maybe an ice bath will help you a little better, you know, so, um, the, but, or a frozen a, steak over the eye. Yeah. Frozen, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's budget, like, you know, your budget, you know, if, if you're not wasting your money and stuff like that, you know, but, but in terms of supplements that I take, it's really just a few, few, um, minerals. I mean, I've seen the, the these luxury. I, I call them luxury because they seem to be catering to a luxury. They seem to be honestly to my alma mater, Rollins College, to people that are hungover, but they have these IV cocktails oh, where yeah, you yeah. go. It's an IV bar where you go and you lie down, and for forty five minutes they put you on a drip that's got a mixture of everything in it, and it's a lot. Of, just hydrating properly is fixing the problem, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I, I know a lot of the coach strength coach out there, like or just like training coaches in general, like you know the best thing you can do like the best something you can take is sleep you know and the second best is just eat a little better you know so how many hours of sleep do you get a night mm, it's been weird this year because i had a lot of personal right, bullshit right, right. but um how much do you try to get a night i try to get uh seven do you is there a clear difference between seven versus five for you like do you, i mean do you nah, do you not seven that? not seven to five but seven um, to like three i mean like oh absolutely yes. you, you, yeah you notice yeah, yeah, a yeah, difference yeah. in okay. mm -hmm. Yeah, so I try to get, like I said, I try to sleep about seven, seven and a half hours. If I sleep more than eight, I notice a difference. If I sleep more than nine, I'm tired all day. So if I sleep too much, I feel like crap the next day. So, like, I'll just be drowsy all day if I sleep. Right. If I sleep, I think that happens with everybody. Yeah, everybody kind of jokes yeah. about that. But, like, I think and, but, it's but my limit is usually right around seven, you know. Like I said, I went to bed at one o'clock. I was, you know, 7.30 I was up today. So that's works for me, you know. Like it's one of those things I monitored back in the day and – do you do when you sleep would you say that it's quality hours oh, yeah, I, i'm knocked out you okay could, that's yeah. good because i know a lot of people yeah you could be fucking teabagging me and i would you know, <laughs> you know, like I just like yeah no i, I know i'm out like i wake up and zeke's paws on my face and i, I okay because so a lot you, of people that's something i've, I've heard is, is 
unfortunately becoming more and more common people having issues with sleep where they don't the yeah. quality of sleep is not there no i'm, I'm pretty lucky there too because i've like I don't have to do the. I mean, I fall. You don't asleep. have the machine there. No, I have a fucking. I have the. I have fucking TV on. I've. I've been, yeah, I go to bed with a. I turn something on to go to bed. You know, and I get through five minutes of it. And I'm sleeping, and I wake up and in the morning, and you know, so I'm, I got a Hulu thing on. So it's all that blue light, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's putting me to sleep. I guess you yeah, know. Yeah, I guess for you, it's like. Yeah, yeah well, no, no, because I've read that you need to get better quality sleep, and you got to make sure there's no blue light, and you got to turn it off an hour before bed, and you got to do. This. And and I I, I generally probably something to that. You no, know, and I agree with that. I I, I I don't do it. I agree. There's probably there's probably some truth to that for a lot of people. Like if you don't sleep very well, or if you're a light sleeper, if you get up three times a night and use the restroom, or I mean, you might want to get into a deeper sleep. But I mean, I literally before I get to bed, I turn my my iPad on and I put fucking one of the Jason Bourne movies on and I'm, sh- and I'm out before oh, Rambo. <laughs> right, I gotta go. What? Yeah, I gotta roll, man. I gotta pick up food in 10 minutes. Oh, this is the best part because yeah. I was gonna ask him what, what, what Paul's earliest memories of Chris Vu. Oh my Wait. God. All right, now, now you can go. Right. <laughs> the, the food will stay warm, so. Uh, <laughs> like, what, what was what was a white belt Chris Vu? Actually, you weren't a white belt when you met Paul, were you? Yeah, yeah he's a chubby was, white belt. Okay. Yeah, I was, a, yeah, a, chubby, yeah. I was a 220 okay. white yeah. belt. Yeah. Okay, borderline so, fat yeah. ass. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I don't know. I don't expect you to remember too too much. But what were kind of your early memories of, of Chris on the mat? No, he's just yeah, he, um, nice guy, chubby little chubby white belt and stuff. Like felt like he wanted to learn. Um, but yeah, it was good. Was he know. a schizo? No, not. I don't that's remember. that's. The, I could not imagine he was a schizo white belt. You know who else I remember as a white belt? Jim Ailers. Do you really? Yeah, I remember, oh, yeah. I remember, well, he started kickboxing yeah, first, right? I like that's you, the I remember Jim, yeah. So. That dude um, still doesn't. I mean, he he still doesn't know how to go. Even then, he was, oh, God, like. Yeah, I do remember Jim being like that, you know. Um, he still hasn't gotten better about not smashing everybody. <laughs> and So uh, you, you signed up for that belt checker. Yeah. And I was looking, and, and you were, what was the longest? You were like a blue belt for forever. I don't I, I was built blue belt for like five and a half years. Five and a half years. I'd have to go look, but it was a very, very long time. And were you promoted under Paul at that time? I okay, so because I want to, I, I want to know what held him back. I want to, I want. No, no, well, no, no. Jose gave my purple belt, so like I got my blue belt technically under Marcio Simas. Um, you Paul went to go do knockout fitness. Um, I got I was still a blue belt, and then I actually stopped training. And then when me and a couple guys switched back over to ATT Orlando when it started. Uh, Paul Bob, gave him a that's yeah. When Bobby left. That that's when Bobby, Bobby left. Yeah, yeah he took a couple guys with him, and I was one of them. Um, he gave him my first stripe as a blue belt. So actually, that's the, that was my first promotion. I, I say that I got blue belt really under Paul, but like I I had trained under him, but he didn't promote me. Yeah. So um, what was the question? No, that, that, no, that was the thing. So, but that, yeah. but so, but like but so but trace the timeline now. So promotion wise, like Jose gave him my purple. Um. Brown was was kind of like I mean like Laboria was there you were there you know like I was kind of like cross training here between yeah. here and Longwood it was anyway, like a mixture so like, of everything and stuff yeah yeah so like I you know like there's a, there's a long period of time where me and a couple other guys who actually just all got our black belts we we were all kind of like independently not independently training but like kind of like self teaching while training with each other sort of thing like like it, it it's it's hard to describe but like between like purple through like late brown like it, it was all sort of like a and maybe that's that's the 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 sort of like path that people tend to take anyway is like that's when that that's the part of like the self-discovery 
maybe, you know, where you, you really start to like learn to be a good student and like learn to learn, you know, I mean, I don't know. When did, cause there was a time where you were at, um, uh, winter Springs, correct? Yeah. So the, the timeline why, <laughs> so like when, my- not, not to get into the weeds, but like okay. I, I was a blue belt training at AT Orlando and Dean university. Um, Longwood opened, I kind of went to Longwood because it was closer to work and I was helping teach the kids class over there when they started that. Um, the Winter Springs, I don't know when you opened Winter Springs. That was somewhere after Longwood. It's like 2009, maybe. Yeah, so like I'd always been this sort of like co-instructor. Like my the capacity that I operate here has been the capacity at every gym that I've trained at, aside from Marcio's, right? Like, I'm just, like, Captain Fillin. Like, I'm, like, that's... It, it's a nickname that I came up for myself, but, like, you need me to fill in a class? I gotcha. You know, like, I am I can teach well enough where some people will learn something, get a good workout, and they, you know, and I'm not an asshole. I'm not... And people aren't injured, right? Like, that's... Like, if, if, if as an instructor, if I can accomplish those three things when I leave a class, mission accomplished, right? Like, learn a little something, have fun, get a good workout. That's all. That's all you. And don't get hurt. Exactly. So like, um, I was like co-teaching a lot of classes at Longwood and that sort of thing. And then when, um, Longwood extended to Winter Springs, whatever that was, uh, that's when. Yeah, I think in 2010 we sold it. Yeah, that's when right. Like, and then Dylan was over there and that sort of thing. Sold it. Yeah. And then they they you know i i was kind of fed up with my job at the time doing the the beer thing and i was like you know what like the cards just kind of seemed right and i was a purple at the time and and they needed somebody to kind of like run things operationally and Who's help they? teach um joe and and joe at longwood, at longwood yeah yeah like you know because like joe was like running back and forth to teach classes and stuff and you know i could teach muay thai because that's what he was teaching and then um, John Sissio was, was an owner at the time and he was teaching the jujitsu and the sub grappling there. And, you know, they're like, you know, let, let, let's bring in Chris and try to help like, like run things operationally and like kind of help teach classes. So now were you and Paul in touch through this whole period of time or what if, and, and how did you come back into the fold here? Um, I, no, no. Like, well, I mean, we were never like out of touch, but it was just like, it was just, you know, he was, he was still. He he was doing his thing. Oh, I was, was going through all my own shit at the time, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, um, actually, Jim Jim Andrews reached out to me, and he was like, "Hey, you know, it'd be great. It's been a long time since I've seen you. You know, it'd be great if you came by. You know, hit the mats. You know, it'd be great to have you." And then I came, and I was like, "Oh man, like I kind of, I kind of miss being a student again because like having a certain responsibility as an instructor. Like you don't really get to train yourself as much because you're worried about your students, right?" Um. I was like, man, like I kind of, I kind of miss just being a student, kicking back and just learning. Um, and so, like, it made sense at some point. Like, I was just driving past Orlando to go. I split my time training two days a week at Longwood, two days a week here, basically. And then over time, I was like, man, like I just, I'll just. It makes more logistical sense for me to just train here, and then so I started training here again and helping teach classes and welcome Captain Phil in again. So um, that's that's where that happened. And you were what when you when you were training twice a week here and twice a week in Longwood. What belt rank were you? I think it was like a three stripe purple belt or something. Yeah. So like I was a high level purple belt at that point. Um, and and who promoted you to brown and where was that? That was <laughs> it was at Longwood, but like 
I, I made sure to bring Paul over. We there. were all there. Me, Laborio, and Jose. Yeah, yeah like, all three of them yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so we I've, were got, all I've got like the holy trinity of like, <laughs> yeah. I've got the ultimate brown belt <laughs> yeah. promotion. Um, because like you know like Laborio's you know Paul's and mm. you know, he ordered and but but like literally like I was training two week, days a week under Paul, two days a week under Jose. You know like so. Well, what's I, I, forgive me because I don't know what's what's Jose's connection? Is he under Laborio? Is he under someone else? Like what's the connection there? Or is it just ATT? Um, Jose is a black belt under Laborio, but spent quite a bit of time. He was a part of your one of your original fight team guys. Like he did ninety nine point nine percent, like everyone with me. And yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like he's yeah, yeah. I mean, you gave him his yeah, brown belt. Yeah, 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 gave him like, all his belts. Yeah, yeah, yeah so he's like all, all these guys were ninety nine percent. They took ninety nine point nine percent of their classes and technique. With he was me. a bl- he they, was a bricklayer fighting yeah. in the the scrapyard and yeah play with, he got they, a, yeah yeah now is that because you weren't a three a third degree or a second degree black belt so you couldn't actually like by definition promote them to black belt or was there more at play there? it was a little uh a little bit of it it was a little bit of that a little bit of falling out a little bit of it. we were doing okay. our own thing and stuff like that you know a little bit of it like stuff like that so i'm um, not with jose i mean a little yeah, bit with definitely not with jose not, definitely mean, not with yeah, jose yeah. you know like that. So, so he's just kind of caught in the yeah everything yeah. in the politics but 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 time. but with jose's boss a little bit with joe me and joe had a little bit of falling out I mean, we're fine now and stuff like that you know and stuff like that me joe and jay we all we all because we all were partners we were all under the same umbrella and we all split up and stuff like that so um that's the way it goes sometimes yeah. stuff like that so i mean it, it, but everybody's it, in a good place now yeah 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 it's just it, it, it's all you know stuff like that you know but yeah but no without a doubt like yeah, no, he fucking the motherfuckers. They only them, only them for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have no problem saying that shit, you know. But that's that's Jose. Right, so okay. yeah, yeah. I, did he got he got his black belt the same day? Yeah, because they went they went down to coconut. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. They went down there for that thing. What who who got promoted with you for your black belt? Was it McCart McCarthy? That's awesome. How um just. I know the story, but I don't know if everybody has heard this, but just real quick, Paul, just describe the final steps for you of what you needed to do to get your black belt under. All right. Take it easy, Chris. All right. See you guys. Okay. What, um, and, and we'll end on this, but I think there's a, a cool story. Just the, at the very end, the final steps for you to get your black belt under Laboria, what did he have you do? What was involved? Because he, he didn't just do it himself. He, he had you go yeah, to some no, other I people. Yeah, no, I mean, back then it was a little bit more, you know, like I said, they were, they were, they were trying to grow the jiu-jitsu program because MMA was ATT's thing, you know, and they wanted to make sure there was checks and balances. And at the time, um, in 2008, you know, we, I, I think me and Dean had opened up, we were the first two schools, and I, Jeff Munson actually went out to Seattle and he opened up his school out there. Um, in 2006 as well, like so, heavyweight, like short but heavyweight, Jeff yeah, Munson, so, the tats and stuff. Yeah. So in 2006, the begin. If you look back in January 2006, there was only the headquarters. That was it. That was the only school that was open. And in that year, they started letting people branch out and open up their own schools. Before that, everyone had to be in Coconut Creek. There was no um, affiliates and stuff. And um, so in 2006. Dean opened up his school in Portsmouth. I opened up in Orlando. I think we might have been the first ones actually, um, and we had permission to 
because I was bringing a lot of guys from where I used to train and stuff like that. And we had a lot of fighters, Luigi, Fiervante, Ben Thomas, Seth Petrozelli, a lot of us were. Um, and you had their blessing is what you're saying. Yeah, I had their blessing. In, they, they, in fact, they kept getting on me when I was going to open up, but we were spending a lot of time down. That's when I was staying down at Coconut Creek a lot and stuff like that. So, um, But they were known for MMA and stuff like that. But, but because schools were branching out now, now all the um, affiliates were popping up and they weren't like franchises in the sense and they weren't like licensees like you had to have been a fighter and you had to have been on the team to be able to open up one of these schools. Um, you couldn't just like, Hey, I want to open up an AT school. How do I do it? So they were branching out. So there was a lot more. They, they wanted to make sure there was no um, selling belts, more checks and balances and stuff like that. So they tried to implement this program where if you get promoted, you had to train with other black belts that were on American top team. So, and I was one of those guys that went through this process and stuff. So, um, I mean, it was like a six month process. I was training. I had to go down there. I did a lot of, um, oh, you had already opened the school up in Orlando. I just opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had not got, you had opened the school prior to receiving your black belt. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, when I first opened up the school, I don't even know if we even did jujitsu. Like when, when I opened up, it was, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't, and I, and I don't, this is, I don't want to, I know we're wrapping this up. I don't get on a tangent here, but when I opened up, we can talk about this on another day. Um, I wasn't looking to open up a business. We kind of got forced into it. I kind of got, we, we, you know, we were in another place and, and I was training a lot of guys, and I kind of got forced into it. I, I at the same time, I was still training. I was still fighting. I just signed with pride. And and the last thing you want to do is open up a school when you're in the middle of your fight career. That's why when guys come up to me and like want to open up a school, I'm like, well, you're done fighting. Then. Yeah, you, you said that last. You don't want to yeah. fight. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. fight. Like like, and I didn't want to fight. Like, it wasn't like I wanted to get out of it, but I was kind of forced into it. And I had all these guys leave the place we were at with me. So I felt like I had to take care of them. I felt obligated and we couldn't all just go to Coconut Creek. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be able to go down there and stay down there. And so was Ben and some of us, but, but I couldn't bring everyone that left and stuff like that. They weren't allowed, like no one could just move or get, you know, Dan Lambert was going to pay for everyone to stay in a hotel down there and stuff like that. So, um, so I felt obligated, you know, and, and it was, I mean, I was going to do it anyways, but just not at that time. I was going to do it when I was done fighting. Like I kind of got forced into it. So, so yeah, we opened up the school, and so so yeah, I was as a brown belt, I, I opened up the school. So, but yeah, so to get a black belt, we we just had to train with all the other. They wanted to make sure there was checks and balances. So if any black belt with ADT was given out a black belt, they had to get they had to get um, what's the word I'm looking for? Approval, approval, not permission, approval. Just like yeah, okay, this guy like make sure like no one. Um, is selling a black belt, you know. So like, yeah, said in the program, and they even of, thought Laboria would be. Yeah, well, they just want to make. They just want everyone to do it. Like gotcha. so, and they were like, "Hey, Paul, when you're a black belt and you want to give out a black belt, we want to make sure that you're not just selling black belts. So we want to make sure that you, you know, we want your guys to come train with. Like, we want other people to approve of it and stuff. And that was kind of the mentality, and that was kind of the system they were trying to develop. Um, at least when it was um back then and stuff like that. So I would go down there a lot, and I would do, um, I was training a lot of other black belts and stuff, and. Stuff like that. And now, I when you up, say train with other black belts, did that just mean like you would roll with them? Like they would be uh, be around or did you actually have to go to their schools? Yeah, or? I would go to their schools. I would do private lessons with them. I did a lot with Paul Pena. He was actually the main guy down there and stuff. And um, I would do some private lessons with him afterwards and he would test my knowledge and he would give me knowledge and stuff like that and, and just making sure I was on that level. And like I said, it was a long process. So it wasn't just like... Um, and then in the end, I actually even, you know, did this long four-hour test that I, you know, I, I didn't have to do it, but I, it was something that I wanted to do. I wanted to, it actually helped me um, because, like I said, if I was going to do this for everyone else, I wanted to see what it felt like and do it, you know. So, my, I mean, it literally was about four and a half hours and, and you know, and I, I prepped for it forever. And it, it was it was a cool experience for sure, you know, and obviously my promotion day was 
one of the biggest ones you'll you'll ever see when I got promoted because Laborio got promoted on the same day. So, but yeah, it was it was a cool process of what they were trying to do, you know. And like I said, but just as the art got bigger, the schools got bigger, more people, it just it kind of fell all all apart and stuff like that, you know. So um, now you just have to make sure that you're keeping integrity within your schools yourself, you know, and stuff like that. So if if I ever do my own thing, maybe that's something I might do, you know. I might want to, but. Of course if it got too big maybe who maybe i wouldn't care you know <laughs> who who administered the black belt test like the the last one you just mentioned we did a four-hour test who administered that i mean the main guy was laborio was was Labor. yeah but there was three other black belts like there and stuff like that it's almost like like a, a thesis defense like a master basically defense or yeah a, or yeah, PhD basically, defense. yeah so you know and i just i just remember like i just remember i i, I probably did a, like a hundred sweeps and they weren't calling any names out you just had to demonstrate demonstrate and show your knowledge and stuff and it was it was a cool experience you know i, was, I definitely was prepared for it jason patina was my partner we went down there and oh that's he, awesome yeah he was like, like he was my like like dude like he was my main instructor when you know i mean you know he was you know at the time so like me and him drilled for it and like we went down there and i you know did it all fucking day and you know it was it was a pro you guys know you guys do a blue belt test and it's fucking an hour you know can you yeah. imagine doing one ten times longer than that with a guy <laughs> who's been training forever and more prepared and you still still takes forever you know like so but it was a cool experience opened my eyes to a lot of things but the the best thing about it was that it actually made me better you know and the reason why i wanted to do it because i was a teacher and i wanted to get better i wanted to make sure that i knew what i what i was supposed to know you know like you, you guys know you'll run into black belts who, who are awesome awesome grapplers um really really good at what they do not really the best at teaching not really the best at you know knowing a lot of stuff you know just really really fucking awesome at what they do so yeah. it doesn't make me less of a black belt but but as a teacher you need to you know you need to be a little bit more you need to be a teacher you know so what were the experiences like and this is this is the, the only other question i have is what were the experiences like with those other black belts that you had to go visit and train with and and what was what was that experience like? Were they were they primarily testing you? What, did you learn unique things from them? Yeah, so I, I took I took different things from each one of them. I learned I learned some some things that they like to do and stuff like that. Um, and they were also they were all like pretty helpful and pretty supportive and stuff like that. It wasn't um, which I thought was cool. You know, it wasn't you know like there's times like I said the only one I um, like I grappled with Laborio a few times and that was like I said I was a brown belt and I was in shape back then. I was pretty I was a little bit lighter because I was in shape, but but man, he killed me, and I, I would come in the, to my private lesson at night, and I would come come in the drill with some of these guys, and I would be down because I'm like, man, I'm not ready to be a black belt because Laborio killed me, and they're, you know, and they would reassure me, don't worry about it, man. He fucking kills everybody and shit. So, <laughs> so they, you know, stuff like that, you know. But but yeah, it, it was um no, but I, I learned different things from each one, and I learned some cool drills, and I, and like I said, as an instructor, as someone who just opened a school, that was, shit was so valuable. That was very valuable because it's not enough just to, you know, be able to, you know, grapple and beat people. You know, you need to, you need to be able to teach, you, need to be able to, you know, you need to have a lot of knowledge to be able to teach, you know. So, mm. so it, was, it was actually an invaluable experience. I'm grateful that, um, that I actually went through it, you know. What was it like? What's it like grappling with Ricardo Laborio? Like, what's his I name? mean, at least when I, when I did it, he like you know, like, like back then it was you know, like I said, this was fucking 13 years ago, you know. So, I mean, I mean, he was already passes prime but i mean way more now but like so the the biggest thing is 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 i tell people when i grapple with them um like i because i was training with marcel i got to train with marcelo garcia a lot because he was there a lot there it was just, oh, there was fucking so many black belts down there at the time and the biggest thing with laborio was that at least when i started in jujitsu and this is when i started when i was wearing a gi with him because a lot of the other guys i did no gi and did mma and stuff but with him i only did the gi and i just remember i would start in his guard and um 
he would scissor sweep me and cross choke me you know this is like and if you're a brown belt trying to get a black belt and someone scissor sweeps you and cross chokes you you're, <laughs> it's like the day one they're beating you well, no, that's, yeah so you're gonna second guess your 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 shit there you know you're like damn that's why i would come in at night and be like man i don't fucking maybe i'm not a black belt maybe i'm just really good at beating up you know purple and brown belts and shit. <laughs> i don't know you know stuff like that you know so and, and then so he would do that and then i'd reset and i'd start backing his guard again and you know he fucking scissor swept me again and then um i tried to turn over and just give my back up and his hips were so heavy i couldn't turn over and he tried to choke me again and then you know it was stuff like that so um it just made an imprint on my head about man this is like that's how good i want to be one day where i can just take someone who's been training a long time and someone who's in and in, in hit them with basic techniques and submit them it's like it's cool to know stuff that people don't know and it's cool to hit people with slick stuff and so like that but you know if you're in someone's guard and you scissor sweep them and cross choke them or scissor sweep an arm bar i'm like that just shows a dominance that <laughs> that that you know of jujitsu and that i wouldn't i mean i don't i haven't really watched too many of his matches certainly not in the gi it's like i, I you see mm-hmm. more of what he's done in no gi i don't think that's what he's known for per se no i like mean he's he, more of a top guy yeah he's a little more top guy but 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 the, you know he's just you know, at the time, like I said, at the time he was heavy too. I mean, he was. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been any different if he was lighter, but just you know, and I'm, I'm sure he was making a point because he was just like, all right, you know, I'm sure, <laughs> sure he's like, let, let me, you know, like, like. I'm sure he was making a point too. I mean, he got the point across, you know, like so, so, but, but, but yeah, that that's um, so that's that, what stuck with you. That's that. what stuck with me. So now when I go with other black belts and other brown belts, I don't try to do anything fancy. I just like I'm gonna smash you and mount you and i want to i want to hit you with a basic submission i don't want to i don't want to do any fancy shit on you i don't want to neck crank you i don't want to you know i don't want to heal i just you know i want to hit you with this basic day one shit you know yeah because that that shows i remember you like chris is not here yeah i try i I remember like i I try to cross stroke chris every single day fucking (laughs) i mount him every day i I get close but he's like you ain't cross stroking me i'm like all right it's like (laughs) i'm trying man like like that's literally like so wasn't um you said there are a lot of good black black belts down there at the time uh, in South Florida where, where you were down there at ATT. Wasn't Popovich also down there? Wasn't he one of the guys? He had, he had already left and opened. He had already left. Okay. So at at this time, I had trained him a few times. Like he hadn't left the team yet, but he, um, by the time I got my black belt because I joined the team a few years earlier. By the time I got my black belt, he had already he just he stopped. He he took four MMA fights. He won all four of them. And just he made so much money doing jujitsu and grappling and being a teacher being a teacher yeah. his school was successful and he made a lot of money grappling in abu dhabi so he just didn't need to fight and didn't need anything so he just kind of concentrated on his own school so you would cross paths with him earlier in your career when you were going down there to train but just not when yeah you got yeah to i black trained him a few times and stuff before but but then when i got closer to my black belt he was already he hadn't been around in a long time you know so were there any like is it true that there are guys that you've grappled and it doesn't even have to be there that the names that people don't know, not the Marcellos or the Popovich or the Boris, that were really good that nobody really knows of. Yeah, there was a few guys that just, just some random black belts that never competed, and they were just fucking. Yeah, just and I think that I think you'll find out in any of like the really big schools, you'll run into some guys that just um, never competed, and you don't know who they are, and they just like will come out and you know like, but been training for twenty years, you know, been yeah. training since Jiu-Jitsu since they're five years old. You know, and this was like 2007, you know, I started working on this. I got my black belt 2008, somewhere around there. And so, you know, I mean, these guys, like some, there'd be some guys that have been trained jiu-jitsu since they're like five, you know, they don't fight, they don't compete. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just train jiu-jitsu and, you know, 
But doesn't make them any less. Oh yeah, <laughs> you it doesn't know, make them any less. Yeah, like who, and I don't know. I'm not saying they go out and compete well. They may not be very good. At, I mean, you know, what I'm saying competing's sure. a different beast. But but on the mats, they were just be like Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a guy down there, and his name was Daniel Valverde. I mean, this guy would tap. He would like armbar you from his guard. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> that's even more impressive than the mountain cross choking you from the mountain. Like, you know, he's actually the head instructor now at um, MMA Masters, and he's developed a lot of good fighters. You know, he opened up his own place, but he was crazy and so but yeah you, you you'd run in all kinds of weird guys like that you know and he i, I don't know if he ever had a few he might have had a few fights but good jujitsu though you know like long and you know so well dude i hope i'm hoping next week we'll i mean i doubt it's doubtful but i hope next week we actually have a class instead of <laughs> instead of recording a podcast you know yeah, well, we, we got was, my fingers crossed here for this yeah, but it'll probably be at least two weeks next week will be the 25th Maybe we'll, the second. Maybe the governor will open back up on the second. So. We'll see. They opened up the beaches. Or they're starting to open the yeah. beaches back up. So, well, I know, Yeah, I know. It'll be so. interesting. Anyway, Paul, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, man. I'll see you guys.